Okay, so I'm doing something completely different today. I'm about to go live in my Get Your Goal group today, and I have some thoughts that I wanna share with the Get Your Goal group that I also wanted to share with the podcast. So today we're doing something completely different, and it's all, it's all gonna work out. Good morning, good morning, you guys. Welcome to Monday Morning Live in the Get Your Goal group. I am, I'm excited to be doing this week after week and I hope that this is something that, that feels fun for you guys. You guys, I wanted to do something Kind of, well, I mean, it's always different because today is only the second time I've been live in the Get Your Goal group, but I was thinking about something. I went live on Friday in the Killer Beehive and I, I've really started to enjoy doing that. We talked about that on, on the weekly wins about how it's getting easier and I'm really, I'm, I'm feeling more confident, which is really the thing that matters to me most because when I feel terrified and nervous, that's not fun. But I'm feeling a lot more confident with going live and and having something to say. And somebody had a question on Friday that it was kind of near the end of the live and so I was kind of winding down and it was a topic that I was like, oh, this is something that I need to talk about with, the podcast was actually what I was thinking about, but then I was like, you know, I know it really applies to you guys too. So the question was, actually the question was something or other about, you know, how do I, how do I make my workouts work? <laughs> like always, that's generally speaking what the questions are in the hive. And, and I love answering those questions, but, but there was something really specific that the person said where they talked about how it, it can be really hard to meet her goals right now because she has so much external stress going on and a couple of other things. But that phrase, external stress was, was the thing that really caught me. And so it's the thing that I really wanted to talk to you guys about because it's something that comes up. I mean, stress is something that comes up for everybody all the time. And I think that we all kind of think that we have this idea of what stress is and how stress is universal. And you know, everybody is feeling stressful right now. Everybody feels stress you know, about certain situations or whatever. So I wanted to talk to you guys about stress and about how we think about stress. And the thing, the thing that I'm gonna start with that is like, I think it's gonna be kind of mind blowing for lots of people because it's something that we, we so universally think of stress as things happening and we feel stress. And therefore we tend to attribute stress to being external. We talk about external stress. Oh, I have stress in my life. And I want you to know that there is absolutely no stress that is not internal. Stress is always an inside job. It's inside your brain. I know you're not gonna be surprised to hear me talk about this, but it is always, always because of what we think. And I know that that can feel foreign when you first start 
kind of mulling it over. Stress feels like my boss is a jerk. Stress feels like I have a deadline. Stress feels like the coronavirus is, is killing people every day. Stress feels like things out there that we don't have any control over. And part of that is true. Things out there we don't have any control over. But things out there, they cause us to think things. And the thought is what brings about the feeling of stress. Stress is a feeling. So, so here's how it works. There's things, and then there's thoughts, and then there's feelings. And the feelings, very often we attribute them to the things as though the thing has the power to make us feel something. But it doesn't. The thing, it's just a thing. I mean, it's, just, it's out there, it's a, it's a thing. What causes us to feel anything, I mean, I'm talking about stress today, but honestly, it, the cause of all of our feelings, love, happiness, excitement, joy, stress, sadness, fear, anxiety, all, all of those feelings come from thoughts, not from things outside of us. And so I'll refer you, as I often do, <laughs> to the Facts versus Opinions episode, which is truly the basis of, of everything I ever talk about ever. But it's, it's where I'm going to go with why this is such good news. When we talk about, when we talk about stress, and specifically, I mean, here in the, in the group, I know that we've talked about stress eating, stress habits, trying to work through our stress, stuff like that. The great news is that because stress, that feeling of stress is actually caused by your thoughts, you have so much more power over it than if it's caused by external stuff. If we are at the mercy of external stuff for everything that we feel, I mean, the world is really the world is really kind of a scary place which is what i know that it feels like but when you take the the power and the responsibility to take control of what you're thinking to take control of what you are then feeling you realize that that you don't have to feel stress. You also, by the same token, don't have to feel happy, don't have to feel excited, don't have to feel any of the good things either. And I know that sometimes those feel like they come to you so easily that, that they must also therefore be caused by the thing. The thing is always the thing. The thought is what makes us feel. And so let me let me kind of give you an example. I took some I took some little notes here that I wanted to like bring up today. Let's say that you have a project due at work. Now, depending on depending on what kind of work you have and what kind of projects you are used to having, that even that sentence, I have a project at work, might bring up a feeling, but it also depending on depending on what kind of projects you have. Like I have projects due almost every day. I mean, I don't, I don't put some, well, no, that's not true. I put out some kind of content almost every single day. So I have projects due almost every single day, but I have systems in place. I, I have a routine. I know what I'm going to be doing. I know what days I'm filming. I know what days I'm editing. You know, I, for the most part, I feel pretty confident. And so therefore when I have a project due at work, I don't feel 
anxious because I don't think anxious thoughts. I don't think, oh, this is too much to do. I can't get this done. During January, when I had a project due literally every day, when I did 31 days of videos, and it was 31 days, I mean, it wasn't 31 days of filming, it was like 18 days of filming and, you know, 18 days of editing, and it was, it was more projects than I was used to. I had a lot of thoughts in my mind about, this is a lot to do, I have too much to do, this, was, I bit off more than I can chew, I'm never going to get this done. I had a lot of thoughts that caused, because thoughts cause feelings, I had a lot of thoughts that caused feelings of anxiety and nervousness and I'm not going to be able to get this done and all that kind of churning negative stuff. But the same, the same sort of situation, I mean now, I'm, I, again, I'm putting out some kind of content almost every single day. I don't have those anxiety producing thoughts. I don't have those stress producing thoughts. So. The situation, I have a project due almost every day, isn't causing me stress. And so when you start to, to think about the things that feel stressful in your life, the first, the first step to figuring out how you would like to think about your stress, and, and I wanna be really careful about this. Sometimes some stress it's not unavoidable, but it's, it's not bad for you. It's, it's okay to think something like, this is pretty tough. That's not automatically a bad thing. You can feel stress and, and be perfectly fine with it. So I don't wanna tell you, oh, we're gonna eliminate the stress from your life. No, but we are going to help you identify and replace some of the thoughts that don't serve you, some of the thoughts that can feel yucky, that can feel powerless. So, so the first thing that we have to do is figure out what the thing is. A long time ago, like, I'm, it has to have been somewhere between four and five years ago. My sister read this book that she told me about. And if I remembered what the book was, I would totally give it credit. I think I'm gonna assume it was from Louise Hay because my sister really liked Louise Hay. And if, if you ever read any self-help books ever, I mean, I, you don't have to, but if you ever do, I highly, highly recommend Louise Hay's Heal Your Life. It was, it was a total game changer for me personally. It was where I developed a lot of my thinking and a lot of my feelings about the, the brain-body connection about how the things that you think can really manifest very physically for you. In fact, we talked about that in the live Q&A on, um, on Friday also about, I told the story about how when my son was going to college and I had ankle pain because I was feeling like life was moving forward but I wanted to stay stuck and it was exactly like I was stuck in you know quicksand or whatever, my ankles were hurting. So, but anyways, okay, so my sister read some book and she and I were out for a walk because we used to go for a walk every Thursday morning and um, she was telling me about how she had been introduced to this concept that was like kind of life altering for her that everything in your life can be reduced to one sentence no matter if it's good, bad, indifferent, or, or whatever. And, and she was talking specifically about how, like later, after the fact, you can, you can really look back and identify. And the example that she used for me, I mean, a little bit of backstory here. My sister had, a, a, 
very acrimonious divorce from a man who, who cheated on her when her baby was like three months old and she there was a lot of bitterness a lot of a lot of issues they they went through mediation uh, gosh a good handful of times there was there was a lot there was a lot to it and so at this point in time when when she and I were having this conversation several years ago it had been it had been years and years and so she was talking about how you know looking back she was able to to just boil it all down you know like her husband left her and it was really hard. <laughs> and so, and we had talked about that, about how, you know, anything in your life, no matter how big and huge and crazy it seems when you're in the middle of it, it's, it's always going to be like, like one sentence. And I, it's funny because I mean, not funny. It's something that I have thought about a lot since she died that it's, it's one sentence, you know, her sister died and it was really sad. And, and the second part of it is, you know, the feelings not caused by the thing, but the caused by the thoughts, but, but that finding the sentence, I mean, I literally, I play a game with myself when I am feeling stressed out. I call it find the sentence. The sentence is the thing that is going on. And the sentence now, in the examples that I gave you, like the, her husband left her, that probably has like a little bit of an emotional charge. And so the trick with finding the sentence is to, yep, <laughs> my boys just came home from a run. And so my dog is like, oh yes, you're, you're home. Let me bark at you because <laughs> they're not strangers. But the trick to finding the sentence is to find a sentence that doesn't feel kind of anything. It doesn't have that emotional charge to it where it just is like a statement of a fact. And again, this is why I'm referring you to the, the facts versus opinions, because a fact is something that, that literally everybody can agree on. So even, even though like in the, you know, her husband left her sentence, there's an emotional charge there of, you know, being left, the abandonment that that can bring up for some people. But, but it still is a fact. I mean, her husband did leave. Her husband left the house. He left the marriage. It's, it is, it is a fact. It is the, the sentence. You know, the other example I gave, of, you know, her sister died. I, that is a fact. That, that is the thing that happened. Again, though, sometimes there's an emotional charge with the words that, that can define something. So, so coming up with the, the sentence, the, the definitive sentence, we have to be really careful to try and, and make it as factual as possible without, without that emotional charge. Because the emotional charge, as we've discussed, comes from the thought that you think about the thing. And so then, when you have, when you have the thing, you can start to realize just how many thoughts you have about it. I mean, you know, in, in the case of, you know, her sister died, there are plenty of thoughts that I have about that. You know, she, she's gone. It's sad. She won't get to meet her grandchildren, it, all kinds of things. I'm not going to go on with that because I don't want to belabor that point, but you can imagine that there are lots of different thoughts and each, each thought can actually lead to its own. I really apologize. Blossom is just, she's shaking up a storm over here. That's all the jingling and the sneezing and, and everything. Hopefully she'll calm down here pretty soon. 
But each individual thought can actually lead to different feelings, which is why sometimes in like a stressful situation, you might feel overwhelmed, you might feel sad, you might feel angry, you might feel worried, you might feel anxious. You might actually have like this whole bubbling, broiling pot of feelings from one situation. And it's not because the one situation is causing directly all these feelings. It's because that one situation can actually have a whole bunch of different thoughts about it. Each thought is going to bring up its own emotion. So you've got one and then you've got many and then you've got many more off of that. So it gets kind of big and complicated and it's part of why we have such a hard time managing stressful emotions. There's, there's a lot going on. But starting with step one and finding the thought, the sentence is, I mean, I hate to say it's the most important, but it's, it's where we start finding the sentence. Because once you find the sentence, you can start to hear all the thoughts that you think about that sentence. When the one sentence is very clear, the thoughts, I mean, they might come, you know, at you a million miles a minute, but you can start to kind of hear them individually. And then once you can parse out one thought at a time, you can start to notice how one thought brings about a feeling. And then you can really start connecting dots. And so part of, part of managing stress, mitigating stress, doing what, whatever you want to do with your stress is hearing the thought, the sentence, hearing the thought that you have about the sentence, and then parsing out the feelings. The thing that, that I like to do though, when, when that part of the situation is, is a little bit, a little bit clearer, a little bit something that you've practiced, sometimes you still find yourself thinking that same thought over and over. I mean, for me personally, that's what stress feels like. It feels like thinking one thing over and over. I get caught in loops all the time. In fact, I call it looping. I don't know what you call it in your head. I imagine, I imagine any of my friends who have anxiety or, or are worriers like I am, you have this repetitive thought thing and you probably have a name for it. I call it looping where I come back to a thought and then I come back to that thought and then I come back to that thought. This is your brain being your brain. Your brain absolutely does that all the time. That's its job. It gets efficient at things. So, so I've learned how to not worry about the looping and then get in a loop of worry. But the thing, the thing that we can, can do sometimes when like, there's a difference between stress that's happening right now. And you can, you can hear the thought like, okay, you know, I, I feel like I have too much to do. There's I, the deadline is coming too fast. You can hear those thoughts and you can kind of talk yourself through them. Maybe, maybe replace them with thoughts that are more helpful, but sometimes we are borrowing stress because we are actually stressed out about the future. And the thing that's really important to know, in addition to the fact that all stress is internal stress is that future stress there is no fact. There's, there's nothing up here at the top. It all kind of starts in your thoughts. And that's where it gets really tricky because we have these, these thoughts where we're projecting ourselves into the future and it feels like it can be very, very real. It feels factual. 
but we have to be very careful not to put it in the, the factual part because the future doesn't have any facts yet. Anything could happen in the future at all. I mean, we all think we know approximately what some of the future is going to hold. I mean, that's part of, that's part of the, the global conversation right now is this whole, the future is so uncertain. My friends, the future is always uncertain. We literally never, ever, ever, ever know what's coming next. Ever. And so when we start projecting with these things that feel like facts, I mean, there's a virus right now, or my, my job is in jeopardy right now, or the economy is, is going down the toilet right now. Those are still future projections that are not current facts. And so I want to talk to you about what we can do about projecting our stress on what could happen in the future. And this is kind of related to another episode that I did, the three questions that I like to ask. This is, this is the question that I like to ask myself when I start looping on something that could happen. Rather than so what? I mean, that, one, that one's pretty helpful. It's, it's asking yourself, what then? So let's say, let's say that you are, you know, I mean, worried about the future. I feel like, I feel like this is a pretty global stress thing that a lot of us are, are thinking about right now. I'm worried about the future. So let's say that you are thinking something about your job or the economy. I want you to ask yourself, what then? Because part of what happens when we have these stressful thoughts is we loop on one thing. And because we're looping on that one thing, it's probably somewhere in the like one month to six weeks in the future, maybe. I mean, it, it could be sooner than that. It could be something, you know, next week this could happen or in the next couple of weeks this could happen. But it's something sort of immediate. It's, it's within kind of our sphere of an amount of time that we think we have control over, even though we never do, which we have already covered. But it's, it's close. It's a close future that we start looping on rather than projecting further out. So we get really fearful, really stressed out about this immediate-ish thing that could happen. But one of the best ways to get yourself out of that is to say, what then? Because, okay, your job is in jeopardy. Okay, what then? Okay, I, I, what if I lose my job? Okay, what then? What would you do if that happened and keep projecting out because sometimes we have this rather this amorphous then everything would be terrible and i'd be homeless i mean we we go immediately to like this worst case scenario kind of a situation without truly trying to manage our mind and manage our thoughts and actually plan basically for the future so okay you lose your job what next? Well, then I'd have to dip into my savings. Okay, what next? Well, then I would go look for a job. Okay, what next? Well, then I might find a job right away or it might take me six months to a year or a year and a half to find my next job. Okay, what then? And you can start thinking with your logical mind rather than your worrying, looping mind. Project out further. What then? Okay, what then? Okay, what then? There's, there's always an answer 
to everything that stresses you out. We get caught in this immediate, everything is gonna go wrong and I'll be homeless and everybody's gonna die kind of a thing. But when you ask yourself a really directed question of what then, what then, what then? And you can project out to you know five years in the future, you'll realize that the one little sentence was there all along. She lost her job and it was rough. You, you specifically, you personally, you have it in you to handle anything that is stressful, anything. And I say that, I say that without knowing any more about you than I do. You will be able to do a what then. You will be able to figure your way out of whatever is stressing you out right now. Because right now, when you're in the middle of it, you feel like this with your shoulders hunched and all the stress because of the things that you're thinking. But when you can project out, okay, what then? Okay, what then? Okay, what then? What would I do next? What would I do next? What would I do next? You'll realize you have all the resources you need to handle anything. In some manner, you will handle anything. And I am not by any stretch of the imagination, telling you that it's gonna be easy. I'm not telling you it's gonna feel amazing. I'm not telling you it's gonna be great. I'm not telling you that if you lose your job, it's all gonna be peaches and cream and the land of milk and honey and it's gonna be fabulous. There might be sacrifices to be made. There might be rough times, but you can handle it. You'll figure your way out. You have the resources. The trick is finding them in your mind. When you have when you have gone through this okay what then okay what then okay what then and you can get like the long-term perspective on things. It kind of brings you into almost like a third person. I mean, I, I know you heard it, but I didn't really explain it at the time. When, when you do the, you know, everything in your life can be reduced to one sentence, I automatically went to a third person because it, it's actually really helpful to sometimes kind of think of yourself in third person to get a little distance between the thoughts, the feelings, the emotions, the everything coming at you and the situation. Having, having either the like the language distance of the third person or the, the time and space distance of having the big picture of five years from now when I have, you know, gotten a job at Baskin Robbins to get me through this rough time and then, you know, I made it to manager and then I bought my own franchise. And, you know, when, you, when you've got the five-year projection rather than the, the six months worst case scenario, it's almost like the third person. It's almost like you can get enough space between you and the situation to, to see what's going on. And the other thing that, the other thing that the what then can do for you is it can actually open your eyes to how many different possibilities there are. Now, for me personally, I've talked about this before, I automatically go to the worst case, <laughs> always. <laughs> I mean, when in doubt, everybody is gonna die. I mean, that is absolutely, hands down, my go-to for, I have a hangnail, oh my God, everybody's gonna die. I mean, that is, that's just the way I, that's just the way I operate. But, 
But when you do some of this, okay, what then? You start to realize that there is an almost equal likelihood of good things happening as bad. And that's, that's the other thing that I'm really gonna kind of give you as like a, a tip to, <laughs> sorry, I'm distracted because my cat is being really weird now too. It's a crazy day for animals. Um, I apologize, I've completely lost my train of thought on that one. Hmm. I was talking about the third person. Oh, there's just as many good things as bad things. That's what it was. Where you'll start to realize that there's there's an almost equal likelihood of good things that can come from a stressful stressful situation as bad things. And that can be really helpful too. No matter no matter what your no matter what your your plan is for whether or not you're mitigating your stress or you're trying to feel less stress or whatever, it's just a good idea to realize that especially with future fears there is every bit as likely of a chance that something amazing could happen as something terrible could happen. And when you let yourself see that, it can be super, super helpful. I mean, in much the same way that letting yourself see any of this, letting yourself see the big picture, letting yourself see something as like a, a simple fact versus all of these opinions that we have. There's, there's lots of, of strategies. And the other thing that I'm gonna tell you is that when you are feeling the stress, so many of us, I mean, the, the real problem with stress, I think, is that so many of us don't wanna feel it, like, at all. Like, these strategies, they all sound lovely, it's fantastic, you know, uh, if I could just sit down and be calm about it and think this through, that would be fantastic. But, but so many of us don't even take the time to do that because we go, kind of directly into like a coping mechanism. I mean, specifically for me, it's always eating. I mean, when in doubt, I head to the pantry because that's, that's been a, a lifelong thing that I have done. So, so that, that heading to the pantry thing though, what that's doing is that is actually just giving you something familiar to worry about instead because Overeating for so many of us. I mean, that, that is a stressor. That is a problem that has been in so many of our lives for so many years. I mean, I, I started using food as a stress relief when I was a kid. And I started having body image issues and weight issues when I was a kid. So they are absolutely related. What you're doing is you're trading one stress that you don't want to think about for another stress that is super familiar. The stress of feeling bad about yourself, telling yourself terrible things, feeling you know, negative about what you ate, those kinds of really familiar thoughts. And here's the thing, that's your brain being your brain. When in doubt, your brain will always, always go to what's familiar. Knowing that can also help you take a step back. It's like, oh, I don't wanna think about losing my job, so instead, I'm gonna beat myself up for eating ice cream. Aha! <laughs> and I mean, it, it's all, it's all kind of the same wash here. We're all kind of doing that same mental game of what am I going to feel bad about? And when you realize that you don't have to feel bad about eating, you can, you can kind of deal with feeling bad about about whatever is stressing you out right now. And so that's, that's kind of my, probably my biggest advice. Feel the stress 
about the thing that is actually stressing you out. Let yourself be sad about the possibility of losing your job. Let yourself be sad or angry about the possibility of losing your job. Let yourself feel all of the yucky feelings about this thing that you are stressed about because those feelings will dissipate, especially as you walk through the what then process. You realize that the stress, the worry, the, the stuff in your head, it's, it's not big picture stuff. And you won't have to have this other stress reliever, <laughs> which isn't a stress reliever at all, to, to just cover up the stress of whatever it is you're worried about with the stress of I ate ice cream or, or whatever. I mean, whatever, whatever your preferred coping mechanism is. It's, it's not actually a coping mechanism. It's a familiarity mechanism. So, so that was a lot. I know I just totally brain dumped on you. With, here's stress and here's, here's how we can think about things and here's what we can do about things. And I would actually really love to know. I mean, I see that, I see that Julia has talked about, I'm going to, click see more if I can. Sometimes my phone doesn't like me to see more. Okay. So she says that you've used a similar strategy when you were struggling with fear of cancer returning. Oh, for sure. Oh my gosh. Which is, I mean, it's a future fear. You have, you have no control over that. It either will or it won't. And all you can control is your thoughts about it. And so you would ask yourself what then allowed you to come up with a plan. Um, and, it, and it's totally true when you have, when you have any kind of plan. And again, it's not, it's not a plan of, oh, everything's going to work out fine. Sometimes it's a plan of here's what, here's what I can do if I'm going to die. Here's what I can do to help my family move on after I die. I mean, they don't have to be happy plans. <laughs> that's not, that's not the point of what I'm saying at all. It's not always like, Oh, if I just think about a good future, everything will feel fine. No, sometimes, sometimes the future might not be great, but having a plan for that can still help you feel better right now in the moment because, because it gives you that illusion of having some kind of control. All we want is a little bit of control. We don't need control of everything. We just want a little bit. And so, so Julia was able to say to herself, if my cancer comes back, I have a plan, but today I'm cancer free. It's so true. So true. And thank goodness you are I'm happy about that. Um, ah, and Julia again <laughs> says the stress eating comments hit home for me. Yes. Cause I mean, honey, we all do it. We all do it. I've been stress eating. And this is the thing. And this is the other thing I'm going to tell you, you guys, just because you have these strategies doesn't mean you're never going to stress eat. It doesn't mean you're never going to beat yourself up. It doesn't mean you're never going to feel stress. You still will. And sometimes, sometimes, I mean, for example, like two days ago, I, I was feeling stress and I even said to myself, I'm choosing to eat and let myself just eat something that I wouldn't ordinarily eat. And I'm going to not think about the stress right now. And I'm also, this was the, the thing that I told myself and I did a podcast with this really recently. I don't remember which one it was, but I promised myself that no matter what, I wasn't going to beat myself up about the eating that no matter what, no matter if the scale went up, no matter if I felt bloated afterwards, no matter what I had chosen to eat and I was going to stand by it. And I, I stood by that. I was like, okay, I ate what I ate. There we go. And I moved on to the next thing. And then, and then I actually did still have to deal with the stress, <laughs> but that is what it is. I didn't want to in the moment. And then later 
I mean, the next day, it was like, oh, okay, now I can think about this. Okay, so Julia says, yeah, the stress eating comments hit home for me, you're so right. It never makes me feel better. It just gives me something else to worry about and something else to feel bad about. I mean, truly, if it's a, if, if it's a familiar bad feeling, that guilty feeling that, oh, I shouldn't have done that feeling, how many millions of times have you thought that in your life? I mean, and I do actually remember the podcast where I talked about this, the payoff. Oh, that's where I talked about the, I, no matter what, I won't feel bad. Because the payoff, the payoff is... The reason that it kind of relieves your stress, I mean, this is like a, this is like an onion. There's a lot of little layers here, but the reason that it's a payoff is because it feels so familiar to you. That bad feeling actually feels good because it's familiar. And therefore, it is kind of a stress reliever because it feels so familiar. It's crazy how our brains work. And when you, when you can be on to it, like, oh, this is my brain doing that thing where it's just thinking the same thing that it's always thought. Oh, this is my brain giving me a familiar thought. It really helps you step back and realize that none of what your brain is offering you is the truth. You don't, you're not a bad person because you ate something from the pantry. You're not, you're not a bad person because of like any of the things you do. It's just something that you're familiar with thinking. It's just something you've thought so many times that it feels true. That doesn't mean it is true. I mean, that's the great news about telling yourself, no matter what, I'm not going to feel bad about this is because you're challenging whether or not that thought, that familiar thought is true. And it's not. Okay, Doreen says, something you said in yesterday's podcast, I apologize, this see more thing, there we go. For whatever reason, I have to like really tap it five times. Okay, so something you said in yesterday's podcast helped me. You said, if I do this, how will it make me feel tomorrow? I tell you, that, that how will I feel tomorrow thing has, it has stopped a lot of my overeating a lot of my eating things that I don't want to eat because, because I know I'm not going to feel good. And because I know that the familiar thoughts are totally waiting for me on the other side of eating whatever junk food that is that, that sounds good right now. Those familiar thoughts are the payoff for eating something that you don't want to eat right now. But there's also another payoff. I mean, again, when you can, when you can stop and be like, okay, no matter what, no matter what, I'm going to feel okay. No matter what, I'm going to have my own back here. No matter what, I'm going to feel proud of how I handled this situation. No matter what, I'm not going to feel bad about it. And that can be your new payoff of not feeling bad and then feeling good that you didn't feel bad. <laughs> you guys, has today's topic been like a total rabbit hole? Like, Here's stress, here's our thoughts, here's our feelings, here's our other feelings, here's our familiar feelings, here's how our brain is thinking about those feelings, and then here's how we think about those thoughts about those thoughts. <laughs> it's, it's a lot. It's, it's a lot. And it's something that this kind of, these kinds of strategies and this kind of thinking, it's really going to take, it's going to take a lot of repetition on your part, and it's going to take a lot of, like, practice putting it into work. I mean, like I said, the other day, the other day I still allowed myself to eat as, as a stress reliever. It doesn't mean that you're not going to do these things anymore. It doesn't mean that you're never going to feel stress anymore. It doesn't mean that you're never going to feel bad anymore. It just means that you've got, you've got a little edge on your brain and it can help you feel more in control to realize 
what's going on in your brain. When you can hear what your brain is saying to you and realize that it's not a fact, you don't have to react to it, that you can choose other thoughts, that you can look ahead to the future and think other thoughts, it, it offers you some relief. Not total relief. I, I don't think total relief is ever, I don't think it's an option. I don't even think it's necessary. Total relief, like imagine if we never worried about anything ever. There are some things you should worry about. I mean, there are some thoughts, some negative thoughts that are totally okay to have. If you don't worry about paying your bills, your bills don't get paid and your bills should get paid. You know, there, it's okay to, to have some anxiety, some neuroses, some negative thoughts rattling around in there. The trick is to not be at the mercy of them, to realize that some of them are helpful and some of them are not serving you. Pick the ones that aren't serving you. Start there and replace them with something else. The, the thoughts that are, the thoughts that are rattling around that are really bothersome to you, those are the ones that are a good idea to pick apart and do something with. The ones that are like low-grade annoyances or not really causing, you know, suffering, not really causing problems in your life, you can let them hang out. That's okay. You don't have to fix everything in your life. I mean, that wouldn't be very fun. <laughs> like, who wants to be perfect? I don't think you can be. And and if you could be I don't think it'd be very fun. It's okay to make mistakes. It's okay to be human and mess up and have negative thoughts that don't serve you and then keep moving forward and keep trying to do your best with them. Oh, and then Julia says, I'm a procrastinator as though that is a fact. <laughs> it is something you have thought so often and so much that you believe it to be true. I mean, you've seen this play out in real time. My thoughts about my procrastination have changed dramatically in the last like two months from my entire life of thinking about myself as a procrastinator to now thinking about myself as somebody who is super productive and gets things done on time has been shocking. And it's all been because I'm choosing, I'm choosing what to think and what to do with it. And then, and then she says, if I didn't have a little bit of stress, I'd never get anything done, <laughs> which is kind of true. I mean, a little bit, a little bit of push isn't a bad thing. It's totally not. I mean, it's a matter of just figuring out how much stress you want to have in your life, right? Right. Okay. So, so you guys, like always, I'm looking for feedback. I mean, I feel like today was, I mean, obviously it was like a little mini podcast, which might not have even been all that mini. Oh yeah, it was not. That was just as long as a regular podcast. Okay. And in that vein, I hope you guys have a great day. I'll see you soon. Mm -hmm.